Let me be clear. I love men. I absolutely love every single thing about them. I love the way they walk. I love the way they talk. I love the way that I feel when I am around them. I love listening to them because every now and then they have something valuable to say and I'm here to listen. So naturally I am drawn to black men. When I was playing with my Barbie dolls, my kin was butter pecan just like me. And I was dreaming of that unicorn who looked like me. Race is always difficult to discuss. In fact, most people avoid it when they are not of the same race. Our current climate is definitely racially charged for various reasons. It is one of the main reasons I like to mingle with folks who look like me. In those settings, I can be me without any racial judgments. For most of us, we share a common history that we all understand. And because of that history, we are comfortable with each other. So until race relations are better, these environments will continue to exist. This podcast is catered to girls who look like me. Though I welcome anyone who wants to listen, just know that some subjects are specific to the black and brown community, but generally any woman can benefit. Hi, I am Tasha Bryan, and this is the Celibacy Journal for girls who look like me, who are celibate, considering celibacy and the common issues that concern us. On this episode, Dating Outside, we will look at the stats of interracial dating from two credible sources. We will look at the history that has shaped the view of many African-American women. And then we will look at my personal views of interracial dating. This episode is a little different because I will be sharing information from articles and books that I have found on this topic. I saw a series this summer and one of the topics discussed was interracial dating among African-American women. There were several black women that were exchanging their thoughts about the subject and discussing their experiences. What I took away from that particular episode was that interracial dating among African-American women was on the rise. And I thought that if that was true, why am I not seeing more African-American women who are actually dating outside of their race? I believe that your reality is shaped through your lens of experiences, meaning What you perceive to be true and how you view the world is through your lens from a collection of your own personal experiences, good or bad. If I have had negative experience with other ethnicities, my perceptions of them is shaped through those encounters. Before I start looking into this topic, I thought, just like most people, that black women were the least likely to date outside of the race. 
just by reviewing the many conversations I have had with various black women over the years. And they all consistently say the exact same thing. I want a black man or I want a black king. So why do you think that they are the least likely to date outside of their race? As we discuss, I want you to explore your personal feelings about the topic. I am not attempting to sway you either way. I am simply attempting to stimulate conversation. The first article I came across was written by NPR in 2017, entitled Steep Rise in Interracial Marriage Among Newlyweds, 50 Years After They Became Legal. I think everyone is familiar with the Supreme Court ruling Loving versus Virginia that legalized interracial marriage in 1967. The marriage of Mildred and Richard Loving paved the way for interracial marriages that we see today. It has been 50 plus years and there has not been a significant increase from the 3% we saw in 1967 to the 17% we currently see in 2015. And if you ask any random black male or female, you will get a variety of answers. So I initially thought that the geographic location determined the likelihood of dating outside your race with more interracial marriages occurring up north and less in the south, primarily due to history. But I found another article called Growth and Interracial and Interethnic Married Couple Households that looked at marriages from 2012 to 2016. They used data from the U.S. Census. The map shows that the biggest increase of interracial marriages were primarily in the southern states with the largest increases in Hawaii and Oklahoma. What was surprising to me was the state of California and New York were less likely, including Colorado, New Mexico, and Virginia, to date outside of their race. The third interesting article I found, written by National Geographic entitled The Many Colors of Matrimony, published in March of 2018. Believe it or not, Caucasian people were more likely to marry all other minorities. There were 282,000 Caucasian brides in the U.S. that married across racial or ethnic lines in 2015. There were 178 Hispanic brides in the U.S. that married across racial or ethnic lines in 2015. Now, I think everybody wants to know about the African-American women. And actually, there were only 62,000 African-American brides in the U.S. that married across racial lines in 2015. But they were not the least likely. The least likely group to marry outside of their race is the American Indian. There were only 13,000 American Indian brides in the U.S. that married across racial or ethnic lines in 2015. 
The article also stated that educational level was not a major factor for Caucasian. But the more educated Black and Latino newlyweds were, the more likely they were to have a spouse of a different race or ethnicity. So it's true, African-American females are least likely to marry outside of the race beside the American Indians. So what are your initial thoughts as a black woman? Have you ever been approached by someone of another ethnicity? I've asked many women here in the South and all of them say, no, I have not. Do you personally know of anyone dating outside of their race? If so, how has this changed your view? The media has sensationalized the relationship of Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemmings, in which Thomas Jefferson was believed to father at least six of Sally Hemmings' children. Most think it was a consensual relationship. But was that really the reality? I am wondering if any of this history has formed our negative opinions or is it the current perceptions and climate of today? No other race, but maybe American Indians, has been legally raped on American soil besides African-American women. Not only were black women raped, but it was legal to do so, and black slaves had no protection to defend themselves. In the book, The Breeding of American Slaves, which is a collection of real stories of American ex-slaves and their memories of breeding and babies by S. Ashley, black men and women were used as breeders, Children were seen as a source for economic wealth. One slave recounts a story in which a slave owner took all the boys and girls that were at least 13 years old or older and put them in a barn, stripped them naked, left them there from Sunday to Monday morning. There were 60 babies born from those encounters. But the most tragic detail of this story is that the slave owner's eyes were bigger than his stomach. You see, he did not have enough non-working slaves to care for all those babies. Keeping the mothers from working the field would compromise his financial growth. So the babies were taken to the field and were placed at the opposite end of the field while the women worked. One day, a massive rain came over the fields and all those babies drowned before the women could rescue them. You see, the slave owner was so greedy that he didn't even profit from his own experiment. When rape was legal, Another book, The Untold History of Sexual Violence During Slavery by Rachel Feinstein. Black women could not legally resist sexual violence 
due to the laws protecting white slave owners to kill anyone who resisted. White men placed value on black women's sexuality. They could charge more for virgins, thus emphasizing the sexual experience for future owners. They also place value on skin color, with light-skinned females being able to charge at least 5% more than the darker-skinned woman, where the darker skin did not influence the pricing of enslaved men. Force was normalized at the time. To be a part of sex and men were actually taught that women were expected to resist. Even though a white woman had the ability to charge a white man for rape, it was even difficult in the 19th century for a white woman to charge a white man for rape since resistance was viewed as a normal occurrence during sex. The justification for failing to criminalize the rape of enslaved men and women was based on the notion of sexual promiscuity of black people. And this is the same stereotype that exists today. In 1850, Robert Newsom purchased a 14 year old black slave and raped her. He couldn't even wait to get home. They said he raped her on the way home. He continued to rape her for the next five years. And then one night she hit him with a stick that killed him when he attempted to have sex with her. She was sentenced by an all-white male jury and was found guilty of first-degree murder and subsequently hung. Rape of a black woman was not viewed as a crime and an enslaved woman could not refuse. During that same time period, if a white man was convicted of raping a white woman, he could receive a sentence of 10 to 20 years in prison. A black man who was convicted of rape of a white woman was either castrated or killed. The last book that I read, Interracial Intimacies by Randall Kennedy. We all remember the highly publicized case a Brown versus Board of Education in which in the 1950s, a black child attempted to integrate a white public school system. Now, we all know that most white Americans at that time was against integration of public education. But the author is suggesting that it, they were not just interested in the integration of public education but they also knew that interracial may lead to interracial dating and interracial dating may lead to interracial marriages. So what are my personal views? From these books, I have read about many horrific stories and there are probably many more that we have never heard. Black women were dehumanized and viewed as property, of course, because they were slaves, but also seen as sexual objects. I wonder if subconsciously this has affected our view of interracial dating. But also, the current climate has not helped. We have seen many black men and women that were treated differently 
that ultimately led to their death. It is heartbreaking as a woman of color to see those images over and over and over again. And then to somehow have a positive image of someone of another race. I, like many other people of color, have had to jump over many obstacles in my lifetime, including many economic disadvantages, just to come close to the advantages that are so freely given to the majority of this country. My faith is challenged knowing that I will never be seen as equal to most, not in my lifetime. So some may say, that this is only a small percentage of the majority. But we have seen over the last few weeks that this is who we are as a nation. And I would say that it is very disturbing to see folks who don't like you simply because of the color of your skin. As Maya Angelou has said in the past, you not upset with me, but you are upset with the person who decided to make my skin brown. You would be upset with a whole generation of folks simply because of the color of their skin. So your rebuttal may be that, well, we can say that about you. You see images on TV and you have formed an opinion based on those images. Well, you're right. That may be true. But the images that we see are reality. And I, like many other black Americans, have had many negative personal experiences. While the average Caucasian person has not had any negative experiences with anyone that is considered a minority. The fear that most Caucasians have concerning minorities is unrealistic and that is the difference. I remember in high school, there were 70% African Americans and 30% Caucasian Americans. And I can't remember one interracial couple. I can't tell you how many times I have been to a bank and have received the stares of Caucasian women as if to say, why are you here? I remember having a best friend in kindergarten. Her name was Julie. I remember us having so much fun together. I looked for her, she looked for me. We played together all the time. I imagined she went home and talked about me, but when her parents found out that I was black, that second year she came back to school and told me, I can't play with you. And so I asked why, and she says, because you're black. Now, my six-year-old self was devastated. I couldn't understand why I was being treated differently. Why I couldn't play with my friend simply because I was a different color. 
Now, I, like other African-Americans, have a police story. We all do. Some were publicized, and many are not publicized at all. I was driving through Alabama in the middle of the night, headed towards Atlanta with my ex-husband. And we were stopped because he was speeding. You know, we were trying to get to Atlanta. And the police officer took his information, took him out of the car, put him in the back of the police car. And I was terrified. You see, I can't imagine us being a threat. I was in the car. There was a sleeping infant in the back of the car. And all that I could think of was all of those stories that I have been hearing on TV about all those black folks who didn't make it home. Now, they kept him in the back of the police car for probably 10 or 15 minutes. But I swear it felt like an hour. He finally came back and he was unharmed. But that's a good story. There are lots of people don't have those stories. They don't make it back home. Now, I've only been approached by a white man once who only wanted to sleep with me. Didn't want to date me, didn't want to know who I was, didn't want to take me anywhere. And my 20-year-old self refused. Remember I said earlier that as a black woman, there are certain places that I am more comfortable being simply because we share a history. I know that there are people that can sympathize with that history, but just to know that my partner gets it is something that I think most black women long for. Now, I'm not suggesting that interracial marriages don't work, but I am simply trying to give you an answer to the question of why most American, African-American women do not date outside of their race. I say all that to say that this will not get better until the climate changes. When will this happen? Your guess is as good as mine. I personally think that we are years from it, actually generations. But I have seen many changes over the years, I have to admit. I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast and that it will stimulate conversations. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and I can't wait until we discuss our next topic about time wasters. I am going to analyze first conversations of men to categorize them as either potential or non-potential so that you can stay away from those men who are just wasting your time. So what do you think? I welcome any comments or suggestions to thecelibacyjournal.com. You can reach me at IG Tasha underscore Brian 12 or at the Celibacy Journal for girls who look like me.